Welcome to Life on Purpose, where we talk all things health, wellness, and living your life on your terms. I'm your host, Brandi Eilert. Welcome to the very first episode of Life on Purpose. I honestly cannot believe it's finally here. I cannot believe that this is happening. I am so grateful to anybody that's listening right now, but especially to the guests that have agreed to record with me so far and to kind of get this thing going and on the road. When I think about how this all started, it was really after a long journey of healing and self-discovery. And one things that one of the things that I really learned about myself during this process is just how much I love to talk to people and to learn from people who are living very intentional lives, who have interesting perspectives on health and on wellness, or have certain knowledge that I can learn from and that I can bring that knowledge to other people. And I also have learned the importance of conscious living, being purposeful in what you do, what you eat, who you have in your life, who you choose not to have in your life. Just very intentional and aware of what makes you happy and finding your purpose and and living purposeful. And so I really wanted to bring guests on who can have those deep, meaningful conversations. And I hope that I've done that. Um, I think that today's guest especially is somebody who is very symbolic to me of where my health journey uh, started. Dr. Emily Mallon at uh, Brewston Wellness in Brewston Mills, West Virginia is a chiropractor and a functional nutrition practitioner. And she we talk, I mean, we talked about so many different things, but really about kind of integrative medicine, nutrition. Um, we talked about gut health. We talked about gluten. We talked about food sensitivities and I, all the things. We talked about all the things. But really, nutrition and lifestyle are where my healing started. And it was something that I wasn't really aware of when I was going through all of my health issues. And it was really kind of where I wanted to start on this podcast for anybody who maybe has some issues that they can't figure out, their doctors can't figure out, and methods that could push that along or help that along um, just by making some, some tweaks in your own life. So... I guess without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this interview with Dr. Emily Mallon. Dr. Emily, thank you so much for coming today and giving us your knowledge and expertise. Um, Why don't we go ahead and start by just having you introduce yourself um, and tell us a little bit about what you do. Wonderful. So thank you for having me. My name is Dr. Emily Mallon. I am a chiropractor. First and foremost, so I treat a lot of neck and back pain and neuromusculoskeletal conditions. And through my own health challenges, I became very interested in what I call functional nutrition, kind of under the blanket of functional medicine. Mm -hmm. 
but I work with a lot of chronic conditions, help people make better choices from a lifestyle standpoint, talking about what they're exposing themselves to, what they're putting in and on their bodies, and how they're dealing with stress. Okay. So would that also be under the blanket of like integrative medicine, alternative medicine? Like if somebody were wanting to like get into or find somebody who is a like a holistic practitioner, is that kind of under that same blanket? Yes, it definitely is. Okay. So it kind of depends on what type of practitioner you're looking for. So a medical doctor, you can definitely Google functional medicine. Mm -hmm. And because they're a medical doctor, they can practice medicine and call it that. Gotcha. So there's a lot of different titles for it based on what type of practitioner, like I said. So a nurse practitioner could be functional medicine. A chiropractor who has additional training with it could be called functional nutrition, functional wellness, clinical wellness. Okay. So there's a lot of different terms that can become confusing. Sure, sure. And does it boil down to basically the the same um, concept of just kind of digging a little bit deeper and looking at the person as a whole? Like how how would you explain yes, what you do? Yes, digging deeper, looking for the root cause, and paying attention to the body as it functions with everything together. I see. In addition to what those external stressors that the person is exposed to every day, because those really help to tell the entire story. Mm-hmm. So what do you look at if somebody comes in and is having maybe some symptoms that they can't explain or symptoms that their physician can't explain? Like, how do you, what do you look at? So to start off with, they do a very detailed intake form. We go all the way back to birth. You know, what was their birth like if they have that information? What was their childhood like? Were they sick a lot? Were they relatively healthy? What were the different stressors that they were exposed to through their timeline? Mm -hmm. And so we can really see clues before some of these conditions start to display themselves. So we look at that, any previous testing, whether it be blood testing, saliva testing, there's so many different Mm -hmm. options out there that people come in with. So reviewing that objective health history as well is very important. And then looking at their environment, I do what's called an environmental toxicity questionnaire. So what what are they exposed to on a yearly basis or a daily basis that could be overwhelming their systems? Sure. So kind of doing like an overall well-rounded picture of what they're putting on their body, in their body, what their emotional state has been like, what their past has been like, any past toxicity issues, et cetera, that could potentially lead to the symptoms that they're having. Yes, definitely. Okay. And as a chiropractor, you know, we look at three different ways that the body can become stressed. And it applies to the neuromusculoskeletal, but also to how the body functions as a whole. So Mm -hmm. we have thoughts, traumas, and toxins. So we have the environmental stressors, the Mm -hmm. emotional stressors that we are exposed to, and then the physical stressors as well. Okay. So what would you say, I mean, who who comes to see a functional nutrition practitioner, a functional medicine practitioner, an integrative medicine doctor? Who, what kind of patient comes to see you? So a lot of times I see people when they are at the end of their rope, they have become so frustrated with maybe not getting the appropriate um, the appropriate support mm-hmm. in their eyes, 
you know, some of their symptoms have been ignored that are really concerning to them or they've been minimized. Certain testing has not been done that they feel is important to them and that failure to do that has now become an additional stress. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times, depending on what the specific guidelines are as it relates to a disease process, extensive testing may not be done because it doesn't change the ultimate treatment depending on what practitioner they are already working with. I see. So would it be, do you see a lot of people with like autoimmunity, like because there is very little that can be done um, in the Western medicine model, is that something that you work a lot with? Yes. Autoimmunity is one of my favorite cases to work with. Mm-hmm. So autoimmunity, a lot of different chronic conditions as it relates to endocrine stress. So I have a lot of people coming in who want to improve their nutrition, dealing with infertility or PCOS specifically with women. Okay, so hormonal issues and hormonal things like that. Okay. Issues, a lot of people wanting to get a more holistic understanding of how to lose weight. And as it relates to this model, weight loss is ultimately going to be a side effect Mm -hmm. of improving their physiology. Sure, sure. So where do you think the divide comes from when you're talking about, say, for instance, a person who goes in to see their practitioner and they have an autoimmune thyroid condition or um, Sjogren's or something like that and they say well there's nothing really that we can do we just have to wait for your thyroid to kill out or or you know what have you and then you could be on um, prescription medicines for the rest of your life where does the functional nutrition side come in and giving people more hope and managing like their symptoms and kind of ultimately getting their life back and and being comfortable in their day-to-day lives and and whatnot. So where where is that where is that divide and how can we bridge so it? The a divide bit? I feel like starts from where they get their training. You know, traditional doctors they want to help their patients just as much as an alternative health practitioner but the training and the foundation that they get is much different. So mm-hmm. they're they're going based off of what knowledge they have sure. and what they've been told by, you know, in this case, maybe the American Thyroid Association. So these are the standards that you work with to manage that type of case. Okay. Whereas there's been a paradigm shift for many practitioners who are like, you know, yeah, some patients do need medication for the rest of their life. And mm-hmm. I do agree with that. Yeah. However, there's so much more support that you can do with patients who, you know, for example, you know, a hypothyroid case comes in and their medical practitioner has given them a medication, Synthroid or Levothyroxine, and they may need that. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. But there's then so much more that we can do to calm that inflammatory response that's going on with all of these autoimmune cases. Mm-hmm. Once a person develops an autoimmune condition, they are 50% more likely to develop another autoimmune condition to a different tissue. And with that, it's just tissue destruction over time, so people are losing function. That's not a vitalistic way to live. So you want to improve the health of someone for as long as they're around. It's about helping them make better choices as it relates to stress management, what they're eating. Mm what type of environment they're exposing themselves to from a chemical standpoint, what, you know, what type of toxins are they using in their home, and how can they 
gradually or all at once, depending on what they're able to do, make better choices and kind of give themselves a deep clean. Right. And I guess in my own life, in my own health, I think about this quite often because there's absolutely a place for these life-saving medicines and practices in Western medicine. And there's also a huge place for alternative practices. And why is it such a big deal for those two to coincide and, and to meet? And how can how can those two things come together and work together? Uh, do you see that some, being something that happens in the future? Do you see more physicians coming over and using these in their practices? Or, I mean, what do you see? I think that it definitely has to happen. We see, uh, for example, Dr. Mark Hyman, who has the Ultra Wellness Center, but also is really helping to develop awareness around functional medicine, and he's a medical doctor, so awareness around functional medicine at the Cleveland Clinic, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. And then I see a lot of traditional practitioners, they ultimately, I think, are going to either become interested in it of their own accord because they're they're learning more and there's more opportunity Mm -hmm. with continuing education. But also patients, you know, patients being advocates for themselves and saying, you know, I've really done this research and I've seen countless testimonials where people have really made great strides and just, you know, ultimately a couple basic steps when you boil it down and maybe those patients being eye openers to that type of practitioner where they either become more open to working with other practitioners mm-hmm. because some are there you know there are sure. some amazing amazing relationships out there but we need more yeah we no and I do. completely agree um, just in my own health journey I remember having some experiences early on where the changes that I was making on a more holistic side I would bring to my physicians and it was almost immediately poo-pooed or it was like you know they were stifling an eye roll or or what have you but it was one of those things where at that point and I mean still to this day I have never had to have medications but everything all of my symptoms and all the other things that I had seen them for were going away and were clearing up and I was starting to feel better and better and better and it was almost like it, I wasn't being heard. So I was saying, okay, these are the things I'm doing. These are the changes I'm seeing. But they were kind of being like swept under the rug and kind of poo-pooed and, and um, not really listened to. So I did make changes and I did change um, some doctors who were more open-minded. And it has been a way better patient-physician relationship. And that's what I always encourage people to do. You know, I'm not going to replace their medical doctor or their endocrinologist. Yeah. I'm here to help guide them and help them learn to make these changes that I am able to, to guide them with. But if somebody isn't feeling like they are getting hurt, that's not a good relationship. So, Completely. you know, sometimes you do have to do a little bit of shuffling around with, with who you're working with so that way you can feel comfortable and you feel like you're in not necessarily the driver's seat, but kind of the driver's seat of your health because you're getting the feedback that you're hoping for and you're getting the that give and take. Right. And it's, a, and it's a it's a more healthy relationship, I feel like. I know in 
in my own experience, having gone, having used both traditional methods um, when necessary, but primarily holistic methods, I got to the point where those holistic methods made me feel more in control of my own health. So when I was having a flare up or I wasn't feeling my best or something just wasn't right, I kind of knew by that point what to do because of the the education that I got from practitioner that, you know, okay, maybe I'm having too much sugar, maybe, you know, what have you. And I would be able to tweak that and I would be able to get myself kind of back under control. So I wasn't having to go into see my physician or practitioner so often. So it almost it, it almost gives you that control a little bit where the patient feels more in control of their own health. Do you find that like with with the people that you see and your patients? Yes. Yeah. Yes, as we go through dealing with some of these chronic issues, it's my goal to really help them understand how how their choices can really make a difference. So mm-hmm. I work with a lot of adults. So, you know, you're you're an adult, you can make these decisions and you're not always going to decide to eat something that's going to benefit right. your health. But you made that decision. We've talked about how it can impact your health. So you might you might not feel good for the next couple of days. And if you're okay with that decision, then go ahead and do it. Life is about balance. Right, so right. If you can get down to a 90-10, where 90% of the time, you're like, yes, I'm going to eat these whole foods or I'm going to eliminate the chemicals from mm-hmm. my house and my body products. That's amazing. Right. You go on vacation and do you really just want to eat out of that restaurant <laughs> <laughs> and not have to worry about food sensitivities or how that's going to impact you? You make that decision and and that's your choice. Right. I'm never here to make somebody feel bad about that. Mm-hmm. I'm just here to help them understand how it can make them feel. Why does it make them feel like that? And what can it do with the specific physiological weaknesses that they have going on at that point. Sure. And so what kind of things, um, when somebody comes into you that's a hormone case, an adrenal fatigue case, an autoimmune case, uh, weight loss case, what have you, what are some of the tools that you use? What can somebody expect lifestyle-wise, diet-wise, et cetera, to be doing when they're, when they're participating in functional nutrition, functional medicine, et cetera? Mm-hmm. So when they start with me, I do objective testing, and it really comes down to the patient. It's very personalized. So one person may get some hormonal testing from a saliva foundation, blood testing. I might do some muscle testing, and we always look at an overview of their diet. Mm -hmm. So then we get all that information back, and I have so much information about what's going on with them. It's amazing. So then we break down... And we start with some support. You know, where are they missing nutrients or enzymes to help their body break down and absorb the food that they are eating mm-hmm. so that their their body can function as best as they can. So I incorporate whole food supplements and I use several different companies that are top notch. We talk about their stress. How are they sleeping? What changes do we need to make to their bedtime routine, how much screen time they have, when they're waking up, if they're meditating, if they have any self-care routine throughout the day or through the week, because Mm -hmm. that's really important. And in this fast-paced world, 
so many of us lack that aspect. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's extremely important in overall health. So we talk about that, really make some food changes so that they can more easily incorporate it and work on phasing out some of their addictions, so to speak, <laughs> <Bad> habits, <laughs> our standard American diet, deviating sure. away from that, and, and incorporating movement. Because movement is extremely important as well, very similar to the self-care or the meditation aspect. Right, so very much a well-rounded overview and well-rounded kind of treatment, if you will. So diet, exercise, emotional health, etc. So kind of incorporating yes. all of those. How big of a part does gut health? Because we, I, you hear today about the microbiome and the gut being kind of where chronic disease starts. Like, how does that play a part in overall health? And what do you look at there when you are working with patients? So we can also do stool tests, but a lot of times, based off of symptoms, it's very easy to tell when somebody is dealing with gut impermeability or leaky gut. Mm-hmm. Uh, dysbiosis, you know, it plays an integral part. And especially with a lot of the mental illnesses that we're seeing, there's more and more research coming out about the gut-brain connection. Mm -hmm. And it's incredible how it impacts a lot of mental illness and depression and anxiety. So it is, it's basement level. Right. And you have to work on that to be able to improve all up. All, all other aspects. So you hear a lot about probiotics. Yes. And pro, probiotics are wonderful. You have trillions of bacteria in your body, which mm-hmm. can become imbalanced, and you want to have some in higher quantities than others. And probiotics are fabulous. Mm-hmm. But if you're not feeding your body and feeding those probiotics with certain foods mm-hmm. that they eat, it's called prebiotics, then you're not going to be able to just take a probiotic and expect that to fix everything. Makes sense. So Makes you, have, sense. you need to focus on some good foods that, that have those prebiotic aspects. You can take prebiotics, mm-hmm. but I like a whole food aspect as well because that's really where the power comes in, getting those phytonutrients and dark-colored foods incorporated into your diet can really have a profound effect on the microbiome. Right, and I think most... Most people are completely aware that diet is a huge part of overall health. However, because of what's available and, like you said, the standard American diet, it can be very difficult to make those changes and make those shifts over to what's convenient to what's good for me. (laughs) Right. And so there are a couple tools that, you know, somebody comes into me and they they do eat you know processed foods or fast foods because it's it's convenient they're on the go they have families i'm not going to expect that person to go and start buying all organic food it's just it's not realistic so how can i help them immediately Mm -hmm. so you know i always refer people to clean 15 and dirty dozen what foods are more important to or most important to buy organic Mm -hmm with less pesticides and what ones conventionally farmed aren't going to increase that toxicity level as drastically. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are restaurants all over the place. How can you make a better choice when you are on the go 
so that you're not feeling tired and drained 30 to 60 minutes after you've eaten that food. Right, right. Well, so let's let's kind of dive into that then when you're talking about food choices. What is the state of our food today and, and how can people make those those better choices and be aware basically of of all the issues with like you said like pesticides Mm -hmm. and and whatnot so there's a lot of over farming going on we are losing soil so the food that we are exposed to today is not nearly as nutritious as it was 50 years ago Mm -hmm. the soil has we've lost a ton of topsoil we've lost a lot of nutrition that feeds those plants so I always recommend going to your farmer farmers markets, you know, getting a co-op or creating a little garden plot on your own mm-hmm. on your own yard or your own land, something that you eat a lot of. If your family loves tomatoes, plant a couple tomato plants. You're going right, to right. have tomatoes <laughs> all summer. Um, but then also, you know, where are you getting your meats from? Are you getting the traditional meats from the supermarket or are you going to local butchers and local farms where they're doing more of what we call like a regenerative agriculture where they're using all aspects they're using animals and the animals are contributing to more soil being deposited Mm -hmm. that can then create healthier soil for the plants that are grown right and you're supporting your local economy as well so regenerative ag and so even is that something that people have to worry about as far as, you know, if they do have nutrient depletions and they're depleted in their nutrients and they are starting to incorporate more of a healthy, well-rounded diet and they still aren't being able to build up those, those levels, is that, is that because of the depletions in the soil? I mean, what... It's because of long-term consumption of food that has been grown in those soils. So I see. are you going to say you come in with a, new, a mineral deficiency mm-hmm. and you start eating better, you're going to start to feel better. Right. Might you still need a whole food supplement to help boost your levels mm-hmm. so that you can then maintain with what you're eating? Definitely. Okay. Okay. That makes total sense. So let's kind of go backwards a little bit. Okay. How... You mentioned earlier about your own health struggles. Um, did you get into functional nutrition because of those? I mean, what what does that look like? Yes, so I went to chiropractic school, which was, I loved school. It was, it was stressful. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was doing a very good job managing that stress. And about halfway through, I started to develop symptoms. I would lose my voice for a week at a time. I would just be completely exhausted to the point where you know, halfway through the day, we had classes all day long. Halfway through the day, I would just have to go home and take a nap mm-hmm. and then hopefully come back for the rest of the day. But I would miss a class or two and miss out on a lot of content. And I went to my annual exam and the, the provider was like, have you ever had your thyroid checked? And I was like, well, <laughs> now I'm just hoarse and tired. She's like, yeah, you need to go do the, get this test yeah. done. And so I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism and was distraught for a little while over the idea of having to be on medication every day for the rest of my life. 
but it did make me feel better for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. And then I graduated, had another provider, and I was back to just not feeling the best, tired again, gained a little bit of weight here and there. So they switched my dosage, switched my medication, and that story went on for several years. Mm-hmm. And it was just frustrating because I was 26 and I didn't think I should be feeling like that. Right. And I had a, a constant headache, like every day it just felt like I had to hold my eyebrows up with my hands. So fast forward a couple years into practice, kind of just pushing through every day, I was exposed to this functional nutrition and started to do additional trainings with these providers who who were extremely went extremely in depth into why the endocrine system does what it what it mm-hmm. does. And I was hooked. So, yeah. Sure. <laughs> so at that point, you know, why does it do what it does when exposed to stress? Okay, that's wonderful. But now how can you support it? Right. And I was one of those patients who, you know, once I learned that, I was like, well, I'm all gung-ho. I'm going to fix everything just with managing my stress, changing how I sleep, change, eliminating some food groups that I was eating. Mm-hmm. And so in doing that, I'm just going to go off my medication. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my own decision, no provider told me to do that, and yes. it was the worst decision ever. <laughs> <laughs> because then going back to yeah. my provider, you know, for follow-up testing yeah. and further management, I'm just one of those people, I my condition doesn't allow me to make enough hormone for all of my bodily processes to happen mm-hmm. at a high enough level. Right. So... I take a medication every day, mm-hmm. and I support and create balance with everything else I do. And it is always changing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now I have a family and different life stressors, and I'm right. getting older. Right. So it's a constant give and take with understanding and trying mm-hmm. to make better decisions. And each each decision might might change as we go down right, the road. Right, right. I mean, because we're always fluctuating and changing and, and growing, so there might be have, have to be, like, tweaks here and there. What were some of the, the biggest changes that you made that made the biggest dis- difference in how you felt? Aside, I mean, still on the medication, mm-hmm. but making all those other things, the headaches and the fatigue and everything kind of um, either eliminate or ease. Yes, so... For me, I have what's called Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism, and I know a lot of traditional practitioners do not support or believe that this makes a big difference, but I removed gluten entirely from my existence. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So from my foods, from surprisingly hair, makeup, body products, it can be hidden in there, Mm -hmm. and that was the biggest difference the biggest change that I saw. Now, what did you notice immediate, or or was it immediate, or was it kind of like gently over time you noticed these changes after you took that out of your diet? So it was over time. Mm-hmm. You know, once you eliminate a food group, it can be stored in your body for six to nine months. Mm-hmm. So I noticed a big change, but then there were days when I was like, I really know that I wasn't exposed, Yeah. but I feel, I feel the headache and right. the raftiness in my voice would get worse and then you know we live in a world where you go to eat somewhere and they're like yeah it's gluten-free and they meant to say it's vegetarian <laughs> you know right you, things you, happen <laughs> things happen 
So, so you know, there's always a risk when you eat out right. that you can get exposed. But that was a big, big game changer for me. And being really diligent with understanding and listening to my body. You know, I love to be physically active, but there are days when... I really would rather push through and get the workout in, and that's not what my body wants or right, needs. Right. So it's about listening to listening to yourself and mm. being okay if you can't. Like knowing what your limits are. Knowing what your limits are, and if you can't check that workout off of your list for the day, it's okay. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. So I want to go back to the the eliminating gluten mm-hmm. because you know. It's more and more popular now, especially for people who want to eliminate inflammation or get inflammation down, especially in autoimmunity. It's something that I've done with my own health journey and has worked very, very well for me. However, there are practitioners and other people who will say, you know, that's just a fad. So what is it scientifically about gluten that helps a lot of people, especially um, with high inflammation or autoimmunity, etc. So that's, there's so many answers to that question. So let's first start with grains in general. Grains are more inflammatory. And the grains that we eat, once again, today compared to our ancestors are more highly processed. So it's a different type of grain, mm-hmm. and we have pesticides, glyphosates, and Roundup. So is it is it gluten for some people that is the issue, or is it the pesticides that are on those grains? It's kind of the big food? question. Yeah. We don't know for every person. Yes. Um, and some people, you know, have celiac, so they just, they have an autoimmune reaction when they are exposed to gluten. Mm-hmm. So there's there's the people who have a true reaction, there's people who are sensitive where it does create higher levels of inflammation. Mm-hmm. And then there are, I think, a lot of people who just are reacting to the pesticide, which is a toxin right. that their body has no idea what to do with and it escalates their inflammatory processes. I see. Okay. Well that makes things a little a little clearer. I know I get questions all the time and and again there are tons of answers for that question. And you're right, it could be very different for each person. What what would you say in, in thinking about kind of the health crisis that we're kind of in today with the huge number of chronic illness, autoimmunity, hormone imbalance, etc.? What would you say some of the major causes are, in your opinion and in your expert knowledge. <laughs> so stress is a big one. Mm-hmm. We we have constant access to everything with with technology, mm-hmm. which some of that is amazing, but we also <laughs> never get a break. Right. And I see a lot of fulfilling relationships not being not giving people the the feedback or the the appreciation that they should be getting from or the that support or, or the support, yes. yeah. So, so that's an aspect constantly exposed to stress. The food that we eat and that is readily available, and that people are used to eating, mm-hmm. is 
definitely a big, big issue. Mm -hmm. So those would be two of the main things. And then self-care, you know. Yeah. And that relates to both of those previous, previous issues because if we're always stressed, if we're eating food that makes us feel like crap and we're just tired all the time, yeah. do you really feel like going to get the workout in or doing a meditation or reflection on your day that's going to help you make positive changes in the future? Probably it's not. A vicious, it's a vicious cycle. <laughs> right, like right. That. So until people start to be inspired to make a change or unfortunately deal with symptoms that are concerning enough to them to take the steps to make those changes, it is that vicious it's cycle. It's going to be keep going, going, going. Yeah. And I feel like more and more these days you hear people talk about just like getting through. They're not really living and thriving their li in their lives. Right. It's just kind of making it day to day. And it just seems so counterproductive and, and, and sad a little bit. Like, I just got to get through today. Or I just have to get through this week. Or I just have to. Let me get through this phase with the kids. And then, you know, once right. we're all with diapers, it'll be good. No. Right. You have to find some enjoyment from each day. Sure. And you want to thrive, not just yes. survive. Exactly. Because <laughs> ultimately, when you get to that last day, did you just push through everything for this? Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. You want to get to the end of the day and be like, okay, I was super productive yes. today. I was awesome. I'm kicking butt. But well, even if it wasn't super productive, you know, did you laugh with your kids or did you right. smile today? Right. Or make somebody else smile today yeah. or like whatever makes you feel good. Yes. Um, very good. So let's go ahead and move on to, I would love to kind of end our chat by just asking you what advice you would give anyone out there who maybe is struggling with unexplained symptoms, um, who are maybe considered mystery cases, autoimmune patients, people with hormone imbalances, etc., who are looking for something more, who are looking for something additional to maybe the care that's not working for them right now. So if you're currently with a provider, talk to them. You know, see if you can create a better relationship, a better understanding, and that might involve building a team. Mm -hmm. Building your own team of providers, practitioners, therapists to really help support and hopefully eliminate a lot of your symptoms. Mm -hmm. So where do you start? You know? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's the big that's question. A, that's a daunting task. <laughs> so, you know, you can Google functional nutrition chiropractors and a lot of chiropractors do support with functional nutrition it might be called different things but there's nutrition response therapy there's functional nutrition functional wellness there's a functional medicine medical doctor or nurse practitioner in your area wellness coaches have a lot of resources as well to where you can get started mm -hmm. and a lot of times one provider is not going to handle all of it for you but they're going to have a network right and they're going to have people that they can get you in contact with and then do a little bit of self-reflection you know what are you doing that's perpetuating this this cycle for you sure you know can you not eat fast food seven days a week is that something yes. that you want to do <laughs> so that's probably what some of these people are going to tell you yes you know do some preparation and some self-reflection so mm -hmm. that way you can get the ball rolling for yourself until you can get become established with someone to yeah. help you out. Well, that's really great advice. So 
I really, really, really appreciate this conversation. I know that for me early on in my my health struggles, it was legitimately a lifesaver for me. And I don't mean that like I was dying and, and physically a lifesaver, but it saved my quality of life by taking these steps. And like you said, building a team because I do like myself have Western medicine practitioners. I have a nurse practitioner that I see who's fantastic, who also supports all the extra stuff that I do with functional nutrition and supplements and, and vitamins and meditation and, and all the stuff. Yes. <laughs> so, and if, so if everybody crosses over even just a little bit, it makes it a wonderful, wonderful support for, yeah. like you said, you a team or the person. Yeah, yeah. It's so exciting to see people improve and thrive. Well, fantastic. So thank you so, so very much. Um, And where can people who are looking for you or functional nutrition nutrition or your chiropractic care, where can they find you? So I have two different locations. I'm at Brewston Wellness Center in Brewston Mills, West Virginia. Mm -hmm. And then I also have Healing Hands Chiropractic in Glenville, West Virginia. And that is only on Wednesdays, the remaining bit of the week. I'm in Brewston, and I'm loving it. And thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Emily.